Welcome to the C3 Vancouver Church Podcast. Senior pastors Darren and Bree Elliott are so excited to share this word with you and believe that God will speak to you through it. Here at C3 Vancouver, we know that God has the best in store for you today and every day. I am going to be speaking this morning on tribe. Um, And as I go through, you're going to find probably there are going to be moments you're going to realize that I can be a little uh, sarcastic. And I can be, I dare say, inappropriate at times, possibly. I know you're not used to that. So so I wanted to forewarn you in case you were shocked. Um, it, it, it could be coming. Um, as we talk about tribe this morning, uh, I want to talk about what a tribe is briefly. A tribe is really nothing more than a group with a distinct message, values, and culture. So message would be what you say, um, values why you say it, and then the culture of how it's said. And all of these together create a, a distinct flavor. They, they dis, a distinct um, flavor to your tribe. And if you're not careful, that can be unintentional. I have, I have an aunt who is a fantastic baker, and she makes some of the best pies in the whole world. And one of the pies she makes is blueberry pies. And I love blueberry pie. Blueberry pie is like one of my favorites. Pumpkin is number one. So come on, let me hear it. Pumpkin is the best, but, but I do love blueberry. And there was this one time where my aunt was, was making a blueberry pie. And my mom, my mom and dad are here. She's smiling because she knows the story. Um, and, and she made the mistake. She grabbed the wrong canister because they weren't labeled. And blueberry pie takes about six cups of sugar, okay? And she accidentally put in six cups of salt instead of, yes, it, it does, it changes the flavor a little. It's subtle, but... And this was discovered when my uncle took the first bite of the pie. And it was one of those... Hmm. what did you do to this, you know, kind of a moment. That's what can happen if you're not intentional about your flavor, if you're not intentional about your tribe. And, and that's a funny story, but we don't want to be unintentional in developing our flavor. Amen? And I would, I would rephrase it a little bit differently maybe even, not just flavor, but your posture. That a tribe has a posture. A posture in the way you stand, the way you lean forward, the way you back up, the way you run, your tribe affects that. Your tribe develops that in you. And this is really, really important. And the reason why I'm, I'm going to talk about this this morning a little bit is because, guess what? December 2nd, we have a new tribe. And we want to make sure we have strong leadership to develop that flavor, develop that posture so that we as a tribe are the healthiest we can be. Amen? Yeah. See, this is, this is critical to me because come December 2nd, there's not going to be a C3 Vancouver. And a lot of silence, like crickets, right? Oh. I'm excited about that. I'm excited that you won't exist anymore <laughs> as C3 Vancouver. But here's, here's the flip side of that. Come December 2nd, Elevate Church isn't going to exist anymore. 
And I am just as excited about that. Because we are coming together to form something new. This is a new tribe. This is a bigger tribe. And this is really, really important because tribes interact with territory. And territory matters to each and every one of us. And that really is the, the heart of my message today. We're going to talk about tribes and territories, specifically how tribes take ground, how they hold ground, and how they reclaim stolen ground. And that's going to be important to every single person in here. And I want to show exactly how your tribe affects that for you on a very personal, very individual level. And it's something to get really, really excited about. Okay, so a territory. A territory is just an area of land or juris that's under the jurisdiction of a ruler or a state. Okay, A realm of responsibility, and ultimately, it's the place that you belong. Okay, Your tribe has a territory, and your territory is your home. It is where you belong. Territory represents your realm of responsibility, your stewardship, progress, and that's a key one progress. Territories grow. God wants to grow your territory. God is always wanting to grow and increase your territory. As a tribe, as a family, as an individual, there is no status quo in the kingdom of God. That's the cool thing. Anybody give me an amen on that? No status quo in the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God moves forward. It doesn't move backwards. It doesn't stand still. It moves forward. And so get excited about the fact that we're going to have a new tribe that has a new territory. It's going to be bigger than your territory. It's going to be bigger than Elevate's territory. It's going to be our new territory. And that's exciting. That is an exciting, exciting thing. Okay, so the tribe's greater than our old tribe. Our united tribe has greater influence than either of our old tribes. Amen? Okay. And the new territory is going to be rather amazing. How do tribes take territory? Why do tribes take territory? Maybe a better, better question. I want to I highlight the difference here between the promise that Abraham received. Who's familiar with the Old Testament? that part in the front of the Bible that you may not read very often. <laughs> Abraham got a promise from God, and it was very, very different than the possession that Joshua took. Okay? I'm going to go ahead and, and read Genesis 13, verses 14 through 17. It says, The Lord said to Abram, after Lot had parted from him, Look around from where you are, to the north and south, to the east and west, all the land that you see I will give you and your offspring forever. I will make your offspring like the dust of the earth so that anyone could count the dust, then your offspring could be counted. Go and say it through me, with me. Walk through. Walk through. So this is when we get to the underlined parts. I'm going to say, say it with me. That's where you follow along. That's how I know I got you. Let's try this one more time. Go and everyone, walk through the length and breadth of the land for I am giving it to you. Okay, wait a minute. You gave me a promise. Took you up on this high place. Look around. Look everywhere. What do you see? Look north and south, east and west. Everything you see, it's yours. Giving it all to you. 
If you can see it, it is yours. Now go ahead and go walk through it. Isn't that a little bit like me giving you a Ferrari? Saying, check out that Ferrari. Who knows it would be red? Say amen. Amen. Thank you, my little man. I give you a brand new Ferrari. Brand new bright red Ferrari. And I say it's yours. It's a free gift. It's the most incredible car you'll ever possess. And I give it to you free and clear. I've, I've procured it for you and you alone. Using the big words. I broke out my thesaurus before we came in. It's your Ferrari. Cayenne, anytime you want, go ahead and go out and sit in it. Does that feel like it's mine? You can't drive it. Don't take it out of the driveway. But anytime you want, go ahead and go sit in it. That doesn't, I mean, it'll look great in the driveway. The neighbors will love it. And, and it'll, it'll feel beautiful when I'm easing into it, I'm sure. But I want to drive it. Abraham gets told, you have all this territory. I'm giving it all to you. Go ahead and walk through it. You visit wherever you want in it, but you can't take possession of it. And there's a reason why he couldn't take possession of it. He was alone. I mean, he could have staked out a tiny claim and said, here, here, here is where I'll reside, and I'll control this little bit. I recognize that all of that is mine, but I'm one man. I'm one family. I can only control this much, okay? But if you have a tribe... Right? Fast forward a few generations. We get to Joshua. Joshua 1, 1 through 6. Now it came about after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' servant, saying, Moses, my servant is dead. Now therefore arise, cross the Jordan, you and with me, all this people, to the land which I am giving to them, to the sons of Israel, every place on which the sole of your foot treads, I've given it to you, just as I spoke to Moses from the wilderness in this Lebanon, even as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and as far as the great sea toward the setting of the sun will be with me, your territory. No man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. I love that part. Just as I have been with Moses, I will be with you. I will not fail you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall give this people possession of the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. There are promises that God has made to you, and you, and you, and you, and you, and me, to each and every one of us. There are promises God has made. There are things that he has laid on your heart that you have not seen come to pass. And I'm here to tell you that the reason why it hasn't yet is because you haven't had the right tribe with you yet. Because there are things in your life that God wants to accomplish that he is not going to be able to accomplish if you are alone. It's that simple. There are some things that are too big for you to tackle on your own. And we can sit up here and we can say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Mm-hmm. And that's true. But there is a logistical reality to some things. That there is added strength in the multitude of prayers of believers 
there is added effectiveness in the multitude of advice and wisdom from fellow believers. Recognize that there are things, there are some things you've been waiting for a long time. I know there's some things that I've been waiting for a long time that have simply not come to pass yet because I have not had the right tribe with me yet. Get excited for that because December 2nd, there's a new tribe. Am I telling you God's about to do some things in your life as this church and Elevate Church come together to form a new tribe? Yes, that's exactly what I'm saying to you. This is a golden opportunity. This is a unique period in the time of our churches and the time of our lives that God is going to be able to step out of the confines that he's been trapped within in our lives because there is a bigger tribe to help push forward the promise that he has given you. This has huge ramifications if you are called to start a new business. I have no doubt that there are some entrepreneurial people in here. Ooh, the big word. I drop those every once in a while. Make you think I'm smarter than I look. So maybe you want to start a new business. Maybe there's a job opportunity or a promotion that you've been waiting for that you know that's what God has for you. But it hasn't happened yet. Maybe you need a home. Maybe you you dream about buying a home for your family, being a first-time homeowner. Or or the big one, maybe there's a ministry you want to start, a ministry that's on your heart, but you've never had the right combination yet to see it happen. It just doesn't seem to come to pass. What I'm saying is our new tribe, we can come together. We can do things neither one of us could ever do before. We can see things happen in the kingdom of God that we never dreamed could happen in our reality today. Get excited for that. And let me just say this. This is critical. Because tribe plays such a huge factor in that, As those opportunities come up, don't pull back from the church. This is critical. How many times you've seen somebody get a new opportunity? It never fails. If you have a new opportunity, here's what will happen. Back up. Back up 10 seconds. Forget the last 10 seconds. Say it this way. How many times have you had a new opportunity come up in your life, and it's something you know God has called you to, it's something you know God has laid on your heart, and you start to move in that direction, And all of a sudden, you realize, well, I'm going to have to stop doing this at the church. Or I'm going to have to give up giving in that area. Or, yeah, that's my dream job, but it means I'm going to have to work Sundays for a while. Every one of us experiences these, I'm going to tell you, they're temptations. They're temptations. They're the attempt of the enemy to come in and backdoor what God's about to do in your life. To make you think that the only way it's going to happen is if you sacrifice in the kingdom of God and give up on those elements of life, then I can achieve what God's called me for, what God's promised for me. Does it sound like Abraham and his kids at all to you? Right? Abraham had a promise for a child. He was childless. When when God told him, look, I'm going to give you more people than you can count on the seashore. And it didn't happen. He's He's getting a little long in the tooth. And he's got no kids. Worse, his wife's getting really long in the tooth. They got no kids. Ah, man, I did it. I just said ain't a couple times, didn't I? Drives my wife crazy. I was going to try really hard today, baby, to not do that. 
Well, clearly that ain't going to happen, so we'll move on. The Abraham took matters into his own hand. Well, to make God's promise happen, I guess I'm going to have to do it my way. Listen to me. When we come together December 2nd, if they haven't yet, there's going to be some opportunities that start to open up for you. There's going to be some God things that start to come to pass. And as they do, do not be tempted to pull back from the kingdom. Do not be tempted to pull back from tribe because it is tribe that is actually going to enable you to move forward in that area. It's the kingdom of God that's actually going to propel you and give you the power and the strength and the authority to take that new territory. Get excited about that. Don't get distracted by it. All right. Kingdom capacity, kingdom blessings flow outward. All right. You can't wander off on your own and tap into it and do it. Stay in tribe. Stay in kingdom because everything flows outward from there. Once you've taken territory, another key, key factor for tribes, requires a tribe to hold on to the territory that you've taken. Okay? Um, I would call this stealing, killing, and destroying 101. You look at the tactics of how exactly the enemy tries to take back territory in your life. But just, just before I dig into that, the emphasis of, of why it takes a tribe to hold territory. Who, any fans of history here? Couple? Couple people? Familiar with a guy by the name of Alexander the Great? You've heard the name, I'm sure. Alexander the Great conquered most of the known world. Blazed a line of, of bloodshed and... <laughs> and atrocities across the known world as he conquered territory after territory after territory, getting further from home. And one of the problems that Alexander ran into was eventually he gets way out here with his army on the other end of the world, and it's time to turn around and go back. And you find yourself having to reconquer all the way back because your tribe wasn't big enough to fully control everything that you took, okay? It takes a tribe to hold territory because your people need to help you hold ground. See, the enemy, we all have an enemy, and he would love nothing more than to steal from you, kill your dreams, your hopes, destroy your future. It's what he does, stealing, killing, and destroying. He's good at lying too, I've heard. But those, those are his, that's his skill set. But you've got to understand his tactics. He's a predator, okay? In fact, I would dare say he's, he's an apex predator. And an apex predator is nothing more than, than a predator that has no other natural beings that are predators for it. It doesn't get hunted by anything else. The, our enemy is up there on that level. He roams the earth doing what he may and what he can. Well, predators... Predators want to take from you. Predators want to kill. And the enemy wants to take back ter ter territory from you that God has given you. He wants to take back territory from you that God has promised to you. Territory that blesses you. Understand that when the Israelites came into their territory, the promised land was full of what? Milk and 
honey. It represented prosperity. It represented food. It represented shelter. It represented protection and security. It was their place. The enemy wants to take that from you for one simple reason. It discourages. If God tells you, I have this for you, and then the enemy comes in and takes it away, how encouraged are you about the Word of God? I mean, who was, who was stronger there, the enemy or God? Right? It discourages. It diminishes the glory of God within your own eyesight, within your own vision. It makes you doubt the authority you have. It makes you doubt the power and the effectiveness of the Word of God. That's why the enemy steals. It's one of the most effective tactics he uses, which is isolation. See, a predator, a predator doesn't charge into a herd. Who's, who's watched? Come on, give me some Discovery Channel, right? We've all watched the gazelle get hunted, right? Let's be honest. If you're flipping channels and you're, you, you go past the gazelle getting hunted, you stop. You've seen it before, but you still stop. We all like to watch it. What, what does the lion do? When you, when you stalk a gazelle, they'll stalk the herd and they'll wait for one to break off from the herd. That's the one they go after. They'll wait for the one that is slower than the rest of the herd, or sick, or wounded, or just distracted, and wanders a little too far away from the protection of the herd. That's the one they take down. And when they take it down, you know, if, I mean, if I'm a lion, look, and I get a hold of something, I'm thinking I'm flailing about, ripping and tearing and going crazy, right? <clears throat> That's not what they do. They'll latch on to the throat when they get their prey, an attempt to either snap the neck or just squeeze it until it slowly strangles it and slowly drains it of life. Who here has had the enemy do that to them or attempt to do that to them? It's, it's rarely the tsunami that comes in and totally destroys your life and blows it up in one moment in time. It's the slow, systematic draining of your life and your hopes just to slowly drag you to the depths. Sharks, sharks do the same thing. Sharks are probably the best predator on the earth in the physical realm. Sharks, man, if I was a shark, I'm going to grab you, I'm taking you straight to the bottom, and I'm just eating you. That would be my go-to. Like, yeah, I'm a shark. I'm a shark. See how many teeth I got? Bruce, Bruce, grab him and take him to the bottom. But that's not what a shark does. A shark, when a shark attacks, the reason why so many people do live through shark attacks, because honestly, I'm like, dude, how do you live through a shark attack? Like, you're on his turf. He's got a lot of teeth. Best swimmer in the world. How do you live through that? Well, here's how you live through a shark attack. Because shark comes up from the bottom, sees what it wants. It comes up and it strikes. Then it swims away. And it waits for you to bleed out. It waits for you to go into shock, slowly getting weaker, until it can come in and eat at will. It's not, it's not this horrific arms flying everywhere, and you, know, you think alligator or crocodile, it ain't like that. Did it again, ain't, gosh, man. I'm just a simple man. So... Shark comes in, strikes, swims away, lets you bleed out. 
Okay. Our enemy does this. It's the reason why Jesus put such a heavy emphasis on the one sheep that wandered from the flock. Okay. Matthew 18, 12 through 14. What do you think? If any man has a hundred sheep and one of them has gone astray, does he not leave the 99 on the mountains to go and search for the one that is straying? If it turns out that he finds it, truly I say to you, with me, he rejoices over it more than over the 99 which have not gone astray. So it is not the will of your Father who is in heaven that one of these little ones perish. The reason why Jesus cares about the one that wanders away, it's not that he doesn't care about the 99. He's not worried about the 99. The 99 are safe because they are together. Okay? As we enter this new season, recognize the things that God has given you, the territory that you have taken up until this point, because it's not insignificant. I don't want to paint a picture like, oh, up until now, your life's been black and white, but come December 2nd, it's going to be color. That's not what I'm saying. God has done amazing things in our lives up to today. I have taken ground. You have taken ground. We have a territory already. Let's hang on to what he's given us. Recognize that in this season, to hold on to what God has already done, stay in tribe. Stay together. The 99 are secure. The predator does not attack the flock. He attacks the one. And that's the reason why you don't want to get pulled out of church or pulled out of tribe at this time or any time. You never want to isolate yourself from the family of believers. There's safety in the tribe. It protects and it guides through moments of correction, forgiveness, Encouragement. 2 Corinthians 2, 10 through 11. But one whom you forgive anything, I forgive also. For indeed what I have forgiven, if I have forgiven anything, I did it, with me, for your sakes. In the presence of Christ, so that no advantage would be taken of us by Satan, for we are not, what? Ignorant of his schemes. The scheme to separate and divide. The scheme to break you off from the, from the tribe, from the flock, from the herd, so that you're alone. When we go through the unifying of our two great houses into something more magnificent, more amazing, and, and, and more effective than either of us has ever experienced, remember this. We need to stick together. You need to be in here. It's hugely important. Uh, I, would, I would argue that, you know, there, there is a, the, the pitfall of isolation, okay, that we think we should wander off and do a thing, and you end up giving territory because of it, because all of a sudden there's nobody to guard your back. There's nobody for you to lean on. There's nobody for you to walk with. It's the lone sheep that gets eaten, and here is an important point to this. Grace is the antidote to the poison of offense. Okay? This is a season where if you haven't experienced pushback yet, you will. Yea, I saith unto thee, you are going to experience pushback. 
Because the enemy doesn't want to see happen what is happening. So there's going to be resistance to that. And in that process is a great opportunity for someone to get offended and wander from the, from the herd, wander from the tribe, and be isolated. Listen, I've had a lot of meetings over the last couple months as we prepare for this transition, and I'm excited for it. And I know Pastor Darren will back me up on this. There has been plenty of opportunities for offense. As, as two groups come together and we begin to unite into one, the intermixing of that solution into being a homogenous, evenly blended one thing, there's some rub to that. There's going to be. That's natural. Do not let the enemy take the opportunity that that presents him to create an offense for you that drives you away from tribe. Grace is the antidote to that. We have to have grace for one another. Like if we come together, there's going to be things, there's going to be some things I'm sure that are not the way you did them. And there are going to be some things that are not the way we did them. But it's going to be the way that we'll do them together. Amen? And the only way we're going to get there is with a lot of grace for one another. Right? To love each other. Because I don't, I don't know all of you. I know some of you. But I look forward to knowing all of you. We are going to be one family. And that's going to be awesome. It requires a tribe to retake stolen territory in your life, okay? Because we all experience this as well, these seasons where we have lost ground. The enemy has come down. He's broken down the wall. He's invaded. He's taken what God gave me. He's taken some of my blessings away. Well, tribe, tribe is the way that you respond when the enemy has stolen territory from you. See, stolen territory is just loss in your life. It's the enemy taking back territory that the Lord has given you. It's him stealing away God's blessings, God's goodness, God's life. I mean, Jesus said he came that we might have life, that we might have it more abundantly. The enemy is here to make sure that you have as little of that abundance as possible. And so when he steals away, we have to respond. See, if you know your history, Israel was a nation. They had the promised land. They took possession of it. Joshua led them in. They took possession of the promised land. And they ended up not holding on to all their territory. Because, ironically, they were divided. Uh, It's no coincidence that a new king comes to power in Israel. There is a massive point of offense And ten of the tribes break off and form their own nation in the northern kingdom. And once they're divided, they become much more easy pickings. Not too long thereafter, the Assyrian Empire comes in and wipes out the northern kingdom. Southern kingdom with Jerusalem is still standing. So after a while, the Assyrians get beat by the Babylons. And the Babylons come in and they wipe out the southern kingdom and they've picked off the other one. And now they've been fully conquered. So... They get conquered, they get deported. They get taken back to Babylon. They spend generations there. Time goes on. And the time comes that that God wants to help them reclaim territory. They put away 
they're sinning their foreign gods. They've, they've focused on him. And a governor by the name of Nehemiah is to lead them back into the land. And when he gets there, he comes back to Jerusalem, and he finds that it's a bit in ruins. It's a bit of a mess. And really important, the wall around Jerusalem has been torn down. It's been destroyed. And when they got overran, that was one of the first things that happens is you tear down the wall. Because without a wall to protect you, well, it doesn't really matter what you do. I can come in and slaughter whoever I want whenever I want to. There's nothing to stop me if I'm your enemy. So, Nehemiah realizes that the first thing that needs to happen, one of the primary things that needs to happen is we need to rebuild the wall. Because as we come back to Jerusalem and they begin to resettle the land, they're surrounded by enemies. See, in the, in the, in the years that they've been gone, enemies have moved in and taken up occupation all around them. All around this peace of promised territory that God had given them. And so, the first step we need to do is we need to rebuild that wall. We need to get that wall built so that our enemies can't just slaughter us. Otherwise, you know, this really doesn't go anywhere. We don't really take any additional ground if we can't even hold what we've got. So, it's a bit of a long, long section, but it's really good, so I'm going to go through it. Nehemiah 4, 7 through 23. Here's what Nehemiah did. Now, when Sanballat, Tobiah, and the Arabs, the Ammonites and the Ashdodites heard that the repair of the walls of Jerusalem went on and that the breaches began to be closed, they were very angry. So these are the enemies, and they're recognizing, yo, bro, they're rebuilding that wall. The wall's going up. That's going to be a problem for us. So all of them conspired together to come and fight against Jerusalem and to cause a disturbance in it. But we prayed to our God, and because of them, we set up a guard against them day and night. Our enemies said, they will not know or see until we are coming among them to kill them and put them put the, put to stop the work. When the Jews who lived near them came and told us ten times, they will come up against us from every place where you may turn. Then I stationed men in the lowest parts of the space behind the wall, the exposed places, and I stationed the people and families with their swords, spears, and bows. So he puts people at the most dangerous places. He arms them, and he sticks them in that spot. Now, you understand a little something here? The section of the wall you're rebuilding, if you're there, is right outside where you live. That's your section of the wall. So if it doesn't get rebuilt, and the enemy comes in, who gets slaughtered first? You do. Okay, so kind of important. You, you want the wall rebuilt. Okay. When I saw their fear, I rose and spoke to the nobles, the officials, and the rest of the people. Do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome and fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your houses. From that day on, half of my servants carried on the work while half of them held spears, the shields, the bows, and the breastplates. And the captains were behind the whole house of Judah. Those who were rebuilding the wall and those who carried burdens took their load with one hand doing the work and the other holding a weapon. As for the builders, each wore his sword girded at his side as he built, while the trumpeter stood near me. 
love this. I said to the nobles, the officials, and the rest of the people, the work is great and extensive. It's not easy. It was never meant to be easy. It's great and extensive. And we're separated on this wall, far from one another. At whatever place you hear the sound of the trumpet, rally to us there. Our God will fight for us. When the enemy has come in and stolen from you, I've been sick. I've been at a place where picking up the pieces of my life were difficult to do. Trying to put it back together, feeling overran by an enemy that was destroying my life. And I'm going to tell you what, it is a world of difference when you have a brother and a sister, when you have a tribe that will pick up their spear, will pick up their sword, will pick up their shield, and will stand in that gap for you while you help build that part of your life back up. That there are going to be times when the enemy comes in that you're not going to be able to take back what he's taken because you are just quite frankly too tired, too beaten down, too exhausted, and too wounded to do it on your own. And that is going to be the time when tribe is critical. When you want to rally a tribe around you that is going to fight for you, that is going to say, until the wall is rebuilt, we're standing right here. We're supporting you in prayer. We're going to give you encouragement. Oh, who knows that when you're down, when you have been kicked, when you are in the dirt, having somebody that you love, somebody you trust, somebody you know that is grabbing onto God for you to come and encourage you and say, it's going to be okay. God's got a plan for you. You're going to experience healing because God is a healer. That lifts you. That can be the, the, the wind beneath your wings, if you will. To be able to step out, to be able to pick up that next brick, to be able to start rebuilding that wall. Let us sound the trumpet for you. You have good leadership here in this house. Yeah, give it, give it, give it, give it some, some praise. Give us some, you do. You have great leadership in this house. Elevate Church also has some great leadership. And together, as C3 Southwest Washington, I can't even say it. As C3 Southwest Washington, wow. Let me tell you what. This is a blessed time. We've got some incredible leaders. Incredible leaders that are grabbing hold of the reins of this thing. and helping direct this. That we're going to grow and flourish under. And, and it's, it's brutally, brutally important for you to sound the trumpet when you need help that you are in tribe and that when you need because you can't on your own you say to somebody I'm hurting my marriage is falling apart my children have a drug addiction I think I'm going to lose my job these are times for you to sound the alarm so that tribe can rally around you and make sure that wall is secure. Make sure that you are defended. Make sure that you are getting fed and hearing what you need to hear in those times. See, under good leadership, tribe is called to your defense. It provides you protection and assistance to rebuild when things have gone wrong. You need to retake territory that the enemy has stolen from you. And here's, here's, here's my final point. And it might take me five minutes to deliver it, but here's the final point. 
It's easy to get up here and preach. It's easy to get up here and say, when you're down, let tribe be there for you. Okay? That's the gimme. But this one's just as important. If the enemy has stolen nothing from you, if you are in a good place, a healthy place, a strong place, hear me. Pick up your spear. Please pick up your spear. If you're physically fit, sign up to work on the setup and tear down team. Because that's not just a task. Somebody had to had to do all of this today so that the word of God could be shared, so that somebody's life could be touched. That is picking up a spear for somebody. If you're financially well, write a check. Give. Because there's somebody that is struggling right now that you can help. That is the kingdom of God rallying tribe to help those amongst us who are struggling and who are hurting. Because the reality is, if you're not struggling and hurting, there's going to come a day when you are struggling and hurting. This street goes both ways, and we need each other. We need to be in tribe. Listen, there was a, a huge fight in the Bible led by a prophetess by the name of Deborah, Deborah and Barak. And after they, they fought this battle, they were judges for Israel, they fought this battle on behalf of Israel, and they won. And they wrote a song to celebrate it. And it begins that the leaders led in Israel that the people volunteered bless the Lord see it doesn't do you any good if just leaders lead people volunteered the volunteers she was talking about were warriors it was the army that went out and fought let's stand up let's start fighting for our brothers and sisters as we unify as we come together here in December as C3 Southwest Washington our posture should be leaning forward our posture should be getting ready to take territory that God has told us he's got for you it needs to be one that's digging in our heels saying we're going to hold territory that God's given us and we're going to rally together we're going to get our spears, we're going to get our swords we're going to get our shields and we're going to fight for those in our tribe that are not experiencing that right now. So, so I'm going I'm to close with that. Stay in tribe. Recognize the life of tribe. And have you all stand up. Thank you for listening to today's message. We trust that you heard from God and are more encouraged, more refreshed, and more in love with Jesus than you were before. If you ever find yourself in the area, we'd love for you to attend a service. For more information on C3 Vancouver, you can visit our website at www.c3vancouver.org.